Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, everyone, to the House of David Ministry here with Bible Study. This week, I'm Pastor Keith Allison, and this week, we'll be discussing finances, tithes, and offerings. So I hope everyone has brought their appetite to learn, uh, dispel some myths, uh, and help as best we can get everybody on track at um, uh, family budget. Okay? <laughs> All right, so before we get started, we're going to go ahead and give a give prayer, uh, praise to God and, and pray. So if one could bow their heads, clear your hearts and your minds, and stand fast on God. Dear Heavenly Father God, we come to you in prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We thank you for this blessed day, dear God. We thank you in the name of Jesus for all that you have blessed us with, dear Lord God. We thank you, dear Lord God, for entering into our lives and in our hearts with your holy word, dear Lord God. Yes. We ask right now, dear Lord God, that you cover us, keep us, dear Lord God, and continue, dear Lord God, to uplift us in the spirit with knowledge and truth. Yes. We thank you, dear Lord God, for this blessed day and keeping us all safe and, and from all harm, sickness, and ailments, dear Lord God. We thank you for returning each and every one of us back home to our loved ones, dear Lord God. And we just pray right now, dear Lord God, as we come in units, dear Lord God, as one before you, Lord God, to hear your word, that each and every one of us walk away increased with whatever gifts and, and, and blessings that you have uh, called on to us to have. Yes. We thank you for being Almighty God. We thank you for being the everlasting God. We thank you for being the God of our lives, the God of Abraham lives and Jacob that, that lives forever and in, 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 in truth. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you. Amen. Okay, so um, before I get started on the tithes and offerings, I had wanted to briefly go over um, family finances because I know that's a big issue with a lot of people. Um, and there's always, you know, one of the spouses don't don't want to talk about it or <laughs> don't want to deal with it. <laughs> it's just always the case, like. One wants to be on it, and the other one's like, ah. <laughs> 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 That's just the way it is. I mean, so, um, but to be in control of your finances is a, a, a really huge stepping stone for your marriage because without it, your marriage suffers. You, 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 you start to crumble away, and there's been, you know, statistics show that a lot of people – uh, get divorced over finances more than they do actually over infidelity. And uh, so it, it's a, a very uh, serious matter. And you take it serious. Um, I do my best, both me and Summer, to, to try and and work out our, our monthly budget. Um, 
we did a spreadsheet, we put everything down, what we got coming in, what we got going out, what we have left over, what we're doing with the leftovers. Um, we have account we for everything. Uh, the, the dinners we may go out to, the movies we may go out to, or uh, the, the kids' extracurricular activities, everything. If she goes to the store to buy something because she saw it on sale, we, we account for it. Um, and that's what we all should be. It should be open and not with a ridicule or, or any kind of strife or, or burden upon you and for one another. So I would say to all couples out there, whether you're married, living together, whatever, if you've got a roommate, whatever it is, when you go over finances, try not to make one another feel guilty about spending money because that just makes the situation worse. When you put a guilt on someone, and that makes them not want to talk about it even more. So just, hey, what's spent is spent. Go over what you can do and how to you know, remedy the situation when it comes to your finances. Um, another way to try to keep control of it, and I, I had mentioned this before in one of our um, couples calls uh, about a year or so ago, is we've got a bad habit, we all do, with our, our bank cards. We swipe and we swipe and we swipe, and no one can keep track of how many times you swipe, what you spent it on, how much you spent. It's, it's very hard to keep track of when you're just going to the store swiping. You know, I'm going to Wawa, I'm swiping. I'm going to Walmart, I'm swiping. And you don't know because no one carries a checkbook anymore to say what was spent and to keep track of your dollars. The, the best way I can tell you to do this is I, for the everyday things in your life, your lunch money, your, your gas, whatever, literally take it out of the bank. Uh, go to the ATM. If you know you're going to spend $40, $60 on gas this week, pull it out. That way, when you spend that money, you know whatever's in there is in there. This is my gas money. Don't try to spend it on nothing else. Don't go to the store and so, oh, I see something I want. Just spend the gas money out. I want to try to keep the gas money as gas money. want to keep your total money as your total money. want to keep your lunch money as your lunch money. Um, in my job, I deal with a lot of, you know, with the government contracting. We deal with a lot of money, and uh, we... we, we we categorize the money we spend. We call it the color of money. That's what we call it. We, we have what they call green money, orange money, red money, whatever. But it's characterized for a specific thing. And you don't spend it on anything other than what it is specified for. And there are rules and regulations that penalize you for spending money on something that it should not be going towards. So you keep your money in, your, in its own category, and this will help you keep track of it. If you know you're going to be going over the, over the bridge five times a week, you know you're going to need $25. That's $5 a trip. We know that. Take your $25, set it aside somewhere in your wallet, wherever you put it, the, the way you know you're going to spend that money. That way, this eliminates some of that swiping that we do on a daily basis. Now, if you feel 
like, hey, I need to go, to, you know, go and get some gas. I don't have any cash on me. And you swipe. Just try to make sure you get a receipt. And as soon as you can get home or whatever, you try to make a record of it. So you know what's going on. That's, we got our spreadsheets. We, I open up the spreadsheet. It's every bill that we spend for the month. When we pay that bill, when it's due and everything, I got everything listed, even by, on a bi-weekly basis. And then it, it's, it's summarized all up into a monthly um, um, budget so we know what is going on. And if you guys want me to send you a, a, a copy of the of the uh, spreadsheet for your use, I can think that that's not an issue. But it comes in good handy because, I said, finances can tear a family apart. That would be nice because I don't know how to set up a, a spreadsheet, and I don't know if it's user friendly. You, you, you plug in the numbers, and all the formulas are in there, and it just adds everything up for you. I mean, it's got all the categories, and it's even got my, our credit cards. It's got our, our um, like I said, the kids' of, of school expenses and all kinds of stuff in there. Your life, your education, your car notes, and everything, and your health insurance. I mean, everything that you spend money on, it's in there. So you know what is coming in, you know what's going out. And, it, and it'll balance everything out for what you got coming in to what you got coming out, and it tells you what you should have remaining over. Now, that's where tonight's lesson come in because what you have left over is what we deal with. Uh, when we talk about tonight's uh, lesson on tithes and offerings, um, <clears throat> and that's what I had wanted to, to truly get people to understand because that's another thing that, sends people to the poorhouse is a misunderstanding of tithes and offerings. Uh, I know it has happened to many of people uh, who struggle throughout uh, life because they're just trying to be obedient to God. In order to be, to be obedient to God, you've got to know God's truth. You can't follow God by it. That's what Jesus said. It's a blind reading the Bible. You can't follow somebody blindly just because they say that they're giving you God's word, it may not be the truth. So how can you follow the lie and say you're from God? So you need to understand the truth when it comes to tithes and offerings. And um, again, if you're not careful of this, you can send yourself to the poorhouse. You can see your, your whole family and your household bowing down. As you said, you just try to do the right thing and be, be obedient by God. There's nothing wrong with where your heart is, right? Because your heart needs to understand God, too. You know, Eve's heart was with God, but she had a misunderstanding of the word. And it can be easily be misinterpreted. Um, it can be easily misused and, and confused, mass, which it has. So... Before I get started with that, though, does anybody have any questions about family finance that um, they might need to ask or anything as far as their um, uh, monthly bills or anything like that? If, if it's personal, we can always talk later off the line. But if you've got any questions, please let me know. Is there anyone yeah. else? Is there anyone on the uh, the phone line? I see a couple people there. Anyone have any questions about your finances at home? No, I'm okay. I'm sorry. Melinda, 
Um, I don't have a question, just a comment. Um, ben and I went through Financial Peace University course through our church where they teach you how to really uh, manage your finances, get out of debt, things like that. And we've been using a cash system since then where we'll pull certain categories out in cash and we're only allowed to spend that money for that month. And once it's gone, it's gone. Um, and it's helping tremendously with our spending. You know, it makes us really think about what we're buying and really look for the, the best deals. And you're not doing the constant swipe here, swipe there, and, oh, my gosh, what did I spend? So I highly recommend it. Okay. Is it is it like a, a, a free download or anything? Unfortunately, no. It is. It costs $100 to go through financial peace. But you can go through it as many times as you need to. I guess things change in your life. And family members can go. So you can send, like, your kids. So it's kind of like a lifetime thing. I, I felt, felt it was a worthwhile investment um, to do it. It was for us because it really helped us, like, set us straight in our, you know, with our finances. Okay. Well, if you can shoot us, like, a link or something like that, we can try to share it. Sure. Okay. Right. Yeah, and that's exactly what we had just went over. Thanks, Melinda, for that information. It was all about the swiping because swiping, you can't keep track of. You can easily get lost in, in, in translation with that swiping. You have no idea what you spent. And, uh, that's yeah. why I was talking about the color of money, knowing what it was for, which category it goes into. And like you said, yeah. once it's gone, it's gone. You don't try to go and dig into the bank and grab more for that category. It's like... Your family budget. You take your budget and you say two hundred for this, a hundred for that, fifty for that, twenty for that, and that's it. Let it be. Yeah. Don't try to let's say don't try to put something back into the budget that's not there. Because now you're you're just throwing a whole budget out of whack. And then you and then that's when you start to throw yourself off and you, you find yourself getting behind on things. Okay, like you said, it, 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 it will open your eyes to, to your spending and um, make you realize uh, the things that you can and can, and, you know, and can and, and do without. So that, that's just the bottom line. Okay. Can, um, were you going to go um, over any scripture? Because I have one that actually completely applies. I got a lot of scriptures. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll hold off then. Uh, I'll pa I'll pause my pause button. Uh, go ahead and read it. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I got like twenty scriptures, but go ahead. Okay, because it was Luke sixteen. Where are you going there? I had. I was just going to give a reference. Okay, yeah, yeah. Luke, Luke 16. I won't go through the whole thing here, but um, I'm sorry. Hold on. Um, Luke 16, and this talks to um, the steward, and it also talks about a uh, good stewardship. So. This is something that actually speaks, you know, to us because it's, it's talking about, you know, the children of the light and things like that. Sometimes, you know, people get in their head and, and, and you know, 
you live on faith on some things, <laughs> not on everything. And some people kind of like get in their head, and especially people who are within the church, to 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 live on faith on like a bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? And especially even finance. So people like to like like Melinda was saying, like to spend, 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 and then just ask God, "Oh, please, Lord, help me pay this bill." <laughs> You know what I mean? And then you're just trying to live on faith that God's going to pay the bill. But if you look at your finances, he already gave you the money for the bill. <laughs> you just spent it on something else. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like God always gives us what we need, and he provides for us. But if we're not conscious, we're, we, we've taken that blessing and we've done something else with it. Yes. So. And and that's another reason why he can't bless you with more is why because you aren't a good steward over what you already have. Right. If you can find yourself to be a good steward over what you have, can have. Okay, now she can or he can uh, be able to handle more because in this he does say, "I will not put more on you than you can bear." Because you, if you can't bear a million dollars, he ain't going to give you a million dollars. If well, all you want to do, he still isn't giving it to me. I'm sorry, what? I said, well, I can bear it, but I don't know why you're giving it Melinda says she can bear that. So you just, you just naming it and claiming it, I can bear that. Uh, <laughs> so real quick, um, um, I, I will skip down because he, you know, when you get a chance to read Luke 16, we'll definitely dig in because he's asking them how much, how much does everybody owe? How much have they been debted? How how much they are in debt to? Right. So th- this is what all we, all of us can do. All of us can look at at, at our at our debts and and literally lay them all down. How how much do I owe this person? How much do I owe that person? These are debts. So you are literally the same person that they're talking about in Luke Luke 16, right? So um, specifically on verse 8, he says, And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of the light. So he's trying to tell you that finances is it doesn't really have to do with your faith in God. It has to do with you being conscious over what you have. So it doesn't take for salvation for you to be a good steward over what you have. And so you know he's he's talking to the un, he's talking to the just and the unjust. And um, I I don't want to go uh, word for word on everything that he says here, but he's literally saying. Um, in verse 11, if therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust uh, the true riches? So that is what he's saying there is kind of like what I just said. If you can't handle the small amount that I gave you, how will you be able to handle the true riches I have for you? If I can't trust you to respect what I've given you, and honor what I've already given you, how can I trust you with something else? I mean, a lot of us women, especially that are married, you, you, you know that applies even in marriage, like especially if you've been in the Lord and you was waiting on a husband or whatever, and it's like, okay, you have, you know, 
you know, boyfriend after boyfriend or whatever, you might have been slipping and falling and doing this and doing that or whatever. It's like, okay, if I can't trust you with this relationship, how can I trust you with my real man, man of God? You see what I'm saying? So it's the same, in, in essence, the same thing here with your finances. If I can't trust you with something that I already gave you, then how can I trust you with more? Amen. So that that's all I had. I'll give it back to the pastor. Thank you. <laughs> all right, tithes and offerings. Yeah. Round robin. What do we know about tithes and offerings? It's ten percent of the first fruit. What was that? Give of the first fruit, and it's usually ten percent. That's what she I know. Said, she said what she knows is give of your first fruits and 10%. That's all she knows. Okay. Anyone else? That's what I had as well. Uh, someone else agreed. That's all they got. All right. That's all we got. That's all we got. That's all we got. That's all we know. That's, that's, the, that's the main one that we know. When <laughs> To institute a gate of tithes and offering. That's the main one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. For me, it's, um, it's 10% is the beginning, but it's not the limit of what, you know, uh, it, it is just, for me, it is the set. It is uh, like kind of like a, a way of setting what you should give, but it's not the limit for me where you have to um, penny for penny make it exactly 10%. And, and, and for me, First fruit is different from tithing. First fruit is if you get like a bonus or something else. If I correct me again if I'm wrong, then you you give of you give of that you know, or you get a big crop in. You give of that difference from your weekly or however your income come in. You would give of that. That's my understanding, but I could be wrong. Okay. All right. So we we're all in agreement that we should be. Giving something. Yes, definitely. So, how many of us, to be honest, have given tithes and have not paid a bill? Be honest. Knowing that you need a food, knowing that you need to pay your car note, your light bill, your, mm-hmm. your, 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 your rent. But you gave the tithe instead of paying the bill. I am, but not all the time. No, not all the time. I'm saying, for sure, we have we all probably done it at least once. What's that? Oh, I think that's her. I think that's her son. Go ahead. Okay. That's her baby. So I'm going to read this one scripture to each and every one of you. <laughs> I have to clarify. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Let me know when you get there because I want you to see these words. All right. And for people on the phone, that was Romans 13, verse 8. Okay. Lord Jesus, help us. And I actually, I'll start at verse 7, to be honest with you. Okay. 
this is him talking about, you know, the things of the world, okay? He says in verse 7, Render there to four to all that is due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear is, honor to whom is to be honored. Verse 8, Owe no one anything mm. except to love one another. Mm. He who loves one another has fulfilled the law. Mm-hmm. Do we agree that time and offense came through the law? Yes. Yes. If you love one another, what have you done? Fulfilled the law. Fulfilled the law. Was that a Bing moment, Nadine? <laughs> yeah, we were going there. Okay. And I say this, and I'm not, not, I'm not trying to tell you not to pay tithes, because you should always give honor to God. I'm not trying to tell you this. What I'm trying to tell you is to get an understanding of what God's word says. Now, does it not say, oh, no one anything? Yes. So why then do we not pay our bills so we go give the tithes? You did give to Caesar what's due to Caesar. Yes. Give to Caesar what is due to Caesar and give God to what? What is due to God. Yes. Okay. What is he saying about that? Genesis, chapter 14. Woo-hoo! Come on, Pastor. Give what? <laughs> oh, he is ready. Genesis, chapter 14, verse 20 is where I'm going to start. Jesus. Let's go. Genesis chapter 14, people on the phone. And if you cannot hear or follow, please let me know. I hear okay. 14, but I don't hear the rest of the verse. Um, it was Genesis 14. And what was the verse? I'm starting at 20. Uh, verse 20. Okay. Now it says this. Now, this is when Abraham had went, went to battle, right? And he had pretty much uh, come back with all these um, his livestock and, and all these um, material things, right? Yeah. So it says, now, when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, meaning Lot, his nephew, he armed himself with 300 men and he went to war, right? Okay. Okay. And he says, with 18 trained servants and born in his own house and went to pursue uh, as far as Dan. He divided his forces up, uh, against them in the night, right? Okay, I'm moving down a little bit here to verse 17. All right, so it says, well, actually he says in verse 16, so he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods as well as the women and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Shabbat, that is the king's valley. After his return from the defeat of Chedoramir and the kings who were with him. Now this is this is where it gets tricky, people. Then in verse 18, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out. 
Hello. I think we lost you. Hold on, guys. Who else did it? We had lost you. Okay, you were at, at verse 18. Go ahead. Okay. Um, verse 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high, and he blessed him and said. Now, I want to stop there before I read that because, again, who gave bread and wine? Who was the, the priest of the God most high? Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Who else gave bread and wine who was the priest of the most high? Christ. Mm-hmm. At supper, the Passover supper, bread and wine. Did you count? Uh, communion. Yes. Okay? Yes. So he says this, blessed be Abraham, uh, blessed be Abraham of God most high, uh, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. What did Abraham give him a tithe of? All. All of what, though? His increase. His increase. Mm-hmm. The title of the increase. And what is the increase? The increase is more. Something that's above and beyond of your means. I got $1,000. This is what God has given me. I went to work, and I've earned $1,000. God has blessed me with the means to make this $1,000. But God also knows that I have bills to pay. He just told me I should owe no man. I go out and I pay all my bills. I got food in my house, clothing on my back. I got $200 left. That is above and beyond anything that I need. God has blessed me with more than what I need. You follow? Yes. Yeah. So... What do we pay the tithe from? The increase. Do we pay the tithe from the thousand, or do we pay the tithe from two hundred? The thousand. No, you do not, because if you pay the two thousand, you may not have enough to pay your bills. You're not sure yet, are you? Sorry, my bad. My bad. I was reading and listening at the same time. So you have to be careful of how God. When God gave the, the children of Israel in the desert the manna, he gave them just enough. Did he not? Yes. What did he, what did he tell them? Do not leave anything for tomorrow. Because mm-hmm. he has more for you to bless for tomorrow. Yes. You leave anything for tomorrow, it will spoil and won't be any good to you. Yes. God gives us just enough to make sure that we are taken care of. Okay? So anything over abundance, this is what we should, and like we said earlier, it doesn't necessarily have to be a tenth. And it says actually somebody grudgingly holds back the tithing that they should actually, in the law it says that you should pay another uh, fifth of a portion. So you should be giving 15%. But it also says to be a cheerful giver and give with whatever your heart's desire to, to give that tithe. So if you want to get that whole 200 to God, you, you can do that. That's on you. If you want to give 100, if you want to give 50, that's on you. But just make sure that you're honoring God. That's why I say I'm not telling anyone not to pay tithes. 
we should honor God for what he has blessed us with. Okay? Yeah. How do we pay tithes? Right? Sure. Now, we read that scripture that says, through love, the, the law is fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to understand one thing right now. What Abraham just done, the tenth that he gave to Melchizedek, was not the law. Why? Moses hasn't been born yet. Right. The law hasn't been given. Okay. Through his free will, through his own functioning, did he do this. So the next time you sit in someone's ministry and they say to you, you're looking for somebody to give $100. You come up and you give this $100, you will be blessed. Stay in your seat. Let's take this seat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because God says when you honor God and you give to God, you should, again, a cheerful giver. You should give free will. You should be yes. wanting to give to God. So if you want to give God $100, will you not have done that the first time around? You walk around and drop your money in the bucket? And then, too, you shouldn't be doing it trying to get something back. Amen. Amen. So your heart should not be where, okay, I'm doing this. I'm paying you guys, so... I'm I'm paying you guys so you can pay me back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know, for people to say, okay, here's a hundred dollar line. If you want a hundred dollar blessing, you know what I mean. Get the hundred dollar line. So you're looking for a hundred dollar blessing. You know what I mean? You're trying to get that return. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, he's not a genie in a bottle. You can't rub God and say, you know, okay, give me a hundred dollar blessing. Give me a ten dollar blessing. I mean, you can't. You know, it just doesn't work that way. And then your heart is not really right. It's just not really right when you even think about that. How is, what is in your heart? What are you doing? How are you practicing your love for God that way? But Summer, doesn't it say in the Bible that test me, prove me, like and I will open up the, the windows of heaven. So it, it wouldn't that leave a, a, an opening per se and saying, if I give, it will come back to me, good measures, press down, shake ah. it and running over. Yes, read the scripture. Go ahead and spill them out, but understand them. Ah. Here's the thing. I just said, if you do not, if you want to give that hundred dollars, yeah. Why did it take someone to stand up in front of you with a mic and yeah. coerce you to get up and give it? Right. <laughs> right. Right. It wasn't. So real. now God is looking at your heart. Remember, Christ judges the heart. He doesn't. Yeah. Now, now your heart, your intentions are to get a blessing from God. Yes. Yeah. If you want, like I told you, if you had two hundred dollars left over and you wanted to give it to God, give it. But yeah. you probably went up there and said, "You know what? A tenth of two hundred is twenty dollars." Here you go, God. And you sit back down. Yeah. And here comes preacher person. Yeah. Looking for five people to give a hundred dollars. 
You're going to buy people to give $100 and you give, you'll be blessed and you'll be this and you'll be that and you'll be this and you'll be that. And what do you do? You want that blessing. You hop up out of your seat, you run up, wait for your $100. Maybe the whole church here for, for one now. You know, I'll just do everything and see them. You don't need to let everybody know what you've done. Yeah. So now you wait for your $100 and like, boom, I'm one of the ones that dropped it in the bucket. I'm one of the ones. I'm the big hop lesson. Right? So. Now, do you think God will honor that trash? It's, it's, Go back to Cain. Right. Yes! All right, all right. I'm with you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay. Yes. Cain went up there with his $100, too. Yeah, he got $500. Trash. <laughs> Complete trash. His heart is not right. Your heart is not right. When someone has to tell you, to give to God. If they have to go hurt you and, and give you an incentive to give to God, what good is it? Abraham, did anyone have to coerce him? No. Did anyone sit up there and tell him he's going to get a, 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 a blessing if he gave this $100? No, I wasn't give it out yet. He was already blessed. Mm-hmm. And he knew it. He was blessed with what he already had. And he was blessed again when he received this 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 lot of this conquering this um this one nation he went against here. And he also like gave of his heart. That was his heart that said, you know what? And this was something like you had said that had never been done before. So he truly has said, you know, to himself, Okay, God gave it to me. Oh God, I want to give something back to you. That's the reason why God said that, you know, Abraham is his friend. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, okay, you know, I'll I'll go ahead and pop, you know, Nadine's collar a little bit <laughs> since Keith has been out of out of the uh the picture this week. Nadine has been blessing me with um cooking dinner for, you know, me and the kids. And what have you been doing? You have been giving me a portion of your meal, right? So if you can kind of see that and you're doing it out of what? Out of the love of your heart. Yes, yes, definitely. Not because you said, okay, let me go ahead and give Summer this meal because I want Summer to give me 20 meals next week. No, definitely not. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I mean? So you yes. didn't do it looking for something back. You yes. did it because of love. And, yes. and you know, because of that, and even if the situation was vice versa, I'm just telling you, in my heart, it's like, oh, I want to be, I want to do something for you because you did something for me. You know what I mean? Out of the yes. love of your heart. You see what I'm saying? So yes. it, it's not like, you know, you you know, seeking for something in, in return. Because God, you know, even says in another scripture, he calls certain sacrifices strange fire. And why does he call it strange fire? Because he's looking at what your heart is in, in your giving. It doesn't even matter if it's just a regular sacrifice of, of just an offering, you know what I mean, or whatever. Or even if, 
uh, we go out like like um, and and go um, see the homeless. Some people do it just so they can go back and tell somebody, oh, we you know we feed the homeless. Well, yes. in your heart, God is reading. Okay, well you got your reward. It's kind yeah. of like too if we fast. Some people like to go around and tell people, oh, I'm on a fast today. You're doing it because you want the accolade in your heart to say that this is something that I've done. And God says, what? You've got your reward already. Because you're not doing it out of the compassion of your heart to love someone. So we always have to check ourselves, too, that the sacrifice that we make to God is, is for love. Did yeah. someone? Else, I, I'm sorry. Somebody on the phone had something I heard. No. Okay. Okay. So now that we got that out of the way, because when you continue reading that, you'll see that Abraham told the king um, after he gave the tie to Melchizedek, um, he told the king that he would take not one thing that he had just gained out of that victory. He didn't want even a lace of, of, of a shoe. He didn't want anything. Yeah. He said, split amongst the men what, what their, their their portion would be, and he gave that king the rest. He didn't want any of it. And right after that is when God blessed Abraham and told him that I will bless you with a son through your wife. Right after that. So knowing where Abraham's heart was, God blessed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Wow. So you again, you got to be careful when you're dealing with God. You can't play games with God. Yeah. Can't do it because that's what Christ, you know, when he when he when he you know read scripture to to Satan in the, in the desert, he said, "Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God." Yes. Yeah. But you 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 spilled out a scripture said, you know, press down, you know, shake it up and all this other stuff, right? Yeah. I get that scripture all the time. Yeah. No one understands what it means. They're not saying it. If I give a verse, and God will bless me and be pressed down, shaking off and all this other stuff. It has to do with your heart. Yes. He will pour out his spirit out to man, it says. But it has to be dealing with his, your heart. Yes. God ain't going to give anything to somebody who, who just out there doing dirt. Or trying to gain something. Because that's what um, the Bible talks about when we talk about the fruits of the Spirit. He talks about filthy lucre. And um, one of the the things with filthy lucre is is that I'm doing something, trying to gain gain something. You know what I mean? Like, um, um, say, for instance, if, you know, um, I'm, I'm, you know, just trying to, you know, do something for somebody because I know that they'll want to do something back for me. You know, people tend to um, to to do that sometimes as a way of them, um, like you know, empty. You know, they'll make you like an empty promise just to gain something from you. You see, what I'm saying like usury, and yeah. um, so that's why. And, and anybody can fall into it. That's the reason why it's one of those things that's not you know a fruit of the spirit because we can always fall into something like that. We always have to check our heart because all of us have done it. No one can say that they have not used someone before in their life. 
So, but that's always something that you always got to check yourself to make sure because unconsciously sometimes we can do it too. Yeah. Now, here's the, here's the question I'm going to post to everyone else again. Now that we can understand tithes a little better, hopefully we can, and offerings go the same way. You offer with, with, with your heart, okay? The question is, what are tithes used for? Anyone? Repeat that, please. What are tithes, what, what are tithes used for? Uh, tithes are uh, normally, I know that's like uh, the pastor able to able to get paid from the tithes. And um, if they have a building, it helps the, for light bill, helps for um, to, if you need equipment, if you need tissue or so forth, stuff not needed into the church, then you're able to buy from it. Someone on the line had, had wanted to add something. Oh, okay, go ahead. I said it was um, it's for the house of God. Okay. For the body, for the church. Or meaning for, for things that is needed in the house of God. Okay. All right. Also to build build the kingdom. Also to help to build the kingdom of God, like help when people going out and missionaries and, you know, those areas as well. Yeah. So it's used in various ways in the kingdom of God. Did y'all hear that? Yeah. Yes. 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 Faith has... Use what is called a heave offering. This is how the Levites got paid. They took the tenth that they brought in. They did a heave offering, and it says whatever God chose of their portions that He thought they should receive, that's what He gave them in the heave offering. So, what is the tithe used for? The rest of it. No church seems to do this these days. I mean, a lot go out and they do work here and there. Every now and then they hold, like, an event during the holiday season, right? <clears throat> Deuteronomy, chapter 26. Uh, Deuteronomy 26, verse? <clears throat> 26, please. Okay. 26. Yes. Okay. Verse 12. Verse 12. Says, when you have finished laying aside all the tithe of your increase in the third year, the year of the tithing, see, tithes are, are um, collected every three years. Because back then it was livestock and cattle. It wasn't money like we do today. No one has livestock in, in, in and and stuff like that, like like you know, um, like they did back then. So comrade does. You got a rabbit <laughs> over there. You got a rabbit over there. <laughs> so you need to be tied to some rabbit babies. <laughs> <laughs> so what what um what um uh, version are you reading from? I'm reading from my New King James version. Okay. Okay. 
So when when you have fierce laid aside all the tithes of your increase in the third year, the year of the tithing, and have given it to the Levites, the stranger, meaning those among you who are dwelling among you that might be uh, just out and about. Some people dwell with them like it, um, they're like um, higher hands. Some are homeless. The fatherless, meaning the orphan child, the widow, a woman that doesn't have a husband because back in those days, a woman had no right to own anything. So if she didn't have a husband, her husband died and he owned land, it didn't go to her like it does today. It didn't go to her, so now she has nothing. Okay? So to the widow, and if she had kids, again, the father of the child, right? They're giving to these so what? That they may eat within your gates and be filled. Then you will say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithes from my house. And the holy things and brought every holy thing before you and also have given them to the Levite, the strangers, the fatherless, and the widow, according to all your commandments which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten of any of it in the morning, in morning, meaning they, some people sit there and they probably had to mourn over, over stuff and, and, and do all this and then and defile themselves just to give. Okay? Our tithes and offerings are being held up in the houses of God these days. This is not a personal attack on any church. This is a personal attack on Christianity, period. Because the way we do business these days is bad business. God called us to collect tithes and offerings so that no one will lack, not one. Yet, when we go to these congregations, all of the uh, administrative authorities are living okay. They don't have any worries. However, the congregation is in lack. So instead of them taking that heave offering, they don't do it anymore. They don't take the tithe and say, I'm going to give it up. Yeah, they got to pay the bills to the house. Don't get me wrong. They got to pay the rents and the and the leases and the, and the, and the light bills and the, and the water bills and everything. They got to do that. But what is left, they give you up. They give you up a month themselves. If you are in any kind of way in lack, I don't care if you only was able to give $10 all year to your church. If that's all you can give, then that's all you can give. Mm-hmm. But if you are in lack and you need help with your bills, you should be able to go to that church and say, hey, I am a little behind. I need $200 to help me get some food in my house, or I need another $400 because I'm short on my rent. That church should be able to go in there without any questions and give it to you. Now, a lot of them will say, pay it back if they gave it to you. Or a lot of them will tell you, well, you haven't given that much in tithes and offerings. So I don't see how it would benefit us to help you. I know y'all heard this before. Yeah? Mm-hmm. 
But that's not how God works. His times of offerings are for us all. It is put in a storehouse so no one will lack in any kind of way. It is to say that my house will be a house of plenty. No one inside of my house, just what he says, will lack. Mm -hmm. You will all be provided for. You will all be taken care of. What do they do? You want to pay it back. You're not supposed to be off his back. If you borrow from the house of God, I always tell us to lend without interest, for one. But a lot of people take interest as meaning you top something on top of it. No. When, when you, it also means when you borrow from the church and they take that from the tithes and offerings, you don't pay it back. Not supposed to. Because just as God did the manna, his tithes and offerings also works the same way. The house gets to a point where it gets down to a certain point, and then they start collecting again. That's why he did it in three three-year intervals. And you will see uh, if you're reading your scriptures, and if you're doing your reading, um, no, you can't get so Good night. You're doing reading, sticking to the plan. You're going to run across Leviticus uh, and Deuteronomy, and you're going to see the law where it says Moses put a stop, an end to tithing and all offering because the storehouse was full. It, they had no more room to put anything else. Yes. So when he started doing the down, then he started collecting again. When has the owner church to stop collecting? <laughs> Why? Because their storehouses are never full. You can't get full because they keep taking from it. And they take from it freely as they will, but when, they, when it comes to one of us needing any help, they're not there. There's no money in there for you. Yes, yes. Like I said, they'll do their little charity drive once a year and say that, hey, we get our heart. Wow. But yet, all throughout the year, the people who are sitting before you in your congregation are suffering, living paycheck to paycheck and barely making it. Mm-hmm. They're not taking care of the people. That's what it's talking about. God has no use for money. He don't need it. What does he need it for? He's God. He's just trying to see where your heart is. Some of that passage about good stewardship right at the beginning. Falls right in line. Now I'm going to go to the, the, the most famous scripture of all. Malachi. Uh, no. Malachi. Thank you. Malachi chapter 3. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. said that without blinking. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi, Malachi chapter 3. And everybody Malachi. on the phone hearing okay? Okay. Okay. Now I'm going to read the scripture that they read to you. Tell me if you heard this one before. Like I said, I'm reading New King James, King James Version. It might read a little different. It says, Will a man rob God? You have robbed me. 
but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Who's heard that scripture? I think everybody should have a hand up on that. Y'all heard that scripture, right? <laughs> Behold, if you read the whole chapter, however, now it has a whole different meaning. Because, see, they use that one scripture and make us feel real bad about giving tithes off, and we don't give, or you robbing God if you don't give. They put a guilt trip on you. Right? You feel bad. Oh, I ain't give, man. I, and, 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 and believe it or not, this is what happens. I even done it before, before I come into the knowledge thereof. I wouldn't want to go to church if I didn't have money to give. How many of you feel that way? I've done it. You've all done it, right? But again, remember the, the woman with the two mites in the church where everybody was dropping they, 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 they big chains up in there and all she had was the two mites. And she gave it. Right? The point is, give what you can give. If you ain't got it, God knows you ain't got it. You already know you ain't got it. That's over. But again, maybe the one scripture make us feel bad. Okay. But, can I add one more thing to that, though, too? I'm sorry. Another thing, too, that will happen is is that in some sometimes we've heard where people will say, okay, everybody puts their, their offering up, and the people who don't have any offering, somebody needs to dig in their purse and give that person an offering. But when you really think about that, that person needed that money that you're giving them, yeah. not – that they needed it to give with. You see what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah. why are we telling someone, okay, if you don't have money to give, so I'm going to give money to have you to give with. You see what I'm saying? So it's making you think or it's making you believe that in order for me to have some sort of increase, I have to give this offering. You see what I'm saying? To gain increase. Right. Which is not the right understanding or mentality that we should have. And that person probably could have even used that money that you just gave to them. Now, I can understand somebody saying to them, okay, who doesn't have an a offering? Okay, bless this person. Okay, you know what I mean? You, you go away with that. And um, only a few times in my life have I ever seen somebody take an offering and say, okay, I'm going to give this whole offering. I'm a blessed sister, such and such. Here, you take the whole offering today. You see what I'm saying? Um, to be able to bless someone so that they're not in lack. So I just wanted to add that, add that to you. Go ahead. So. If you read this whole chapter of Malachi, you see that he was actually talking to the entire nation of Israel. Not the entire nation, not just the people, but the priests. I'm going to skip to a few verses here. It says here, look here, in verse 3, and it talks about the coming of Christ. And then what he will do, he says, I will sit as a refiner. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi. 
So uh, a lot of the ways that the Catholic Church does has operated, we have inherited or we believe that this is the way that we should, you know, conduct God's um, house. We've um, kind of gone away from the, um, you know, how they say the oracles of Christ. We've kind of gone, gone away from when, when God um, came and, and um, he stood on the, you know, on, on the mount, you know, of olives and, and like they say the Sermon on the Mount to tell you, you know, to, to how to conduct the house of God and how to just live by faith and grace. So a lot of the stuff we do do. There uh, is a, you guys have heard about the Lutherans, right? And and, and Martin Luther. Um uh, Martin Luther was a, a famous um uh pastor that um he was one of the um Yes, he was a freedom, as you can call him, a a freedom fighter, or he was against the Catholic Church because he was actually one of the priests in the Catholic Catholic Church originally, and then he had found out how they were um, they were they were um, using the people. They were doing just this. They were talking about they were robbing them because then uh, at that time he would tell you know uh, the Catholic Church or the, the the Pope at that point would tell people that they had to buy people out of uh, purgatory, right? So they call, I can't remember, what did they call those things that they would have to do, pay penance? Yes, they paid penance. They they paid uh, for a a license, a certificate, to say that the priest is going to go now and petition to God to let their their loved ones out of purgatory. Right. Uh, Or it's just a a waiting, waiting uh, like the waiting room for heaven, pretty right. much. Uh, <laughs> now that's we're told, we're telling that you, you can you can you can read this for yourself. So they would do that, and so you know people all over the place would come, and when the priests would come around, they would have their their baskets or whatever, and they would come and try to pay penance, you know, for the people who had passed away to make sure that they had made it into heaven. So these are, like, different practices and stuff from, you know, the Catholic Church in ways to get money from people. I mean, even, like, you know, we can go, like, you know, through a lot of different things to kind of show you, like, um, my, my husband, you know, um, uh, had told me one uh, one time about the um, the way that they, that they would get um, land from people, you know, have people to come and sign away and 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 you know how um, you know you have your um, your will your last will and testament. So sometimes they would tell people, okay, you know what, you need to 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 leave your property to the church. You know when you die, when you pass away, and especially if you don't have any heirs, you need to leave it to the church, right? So I mean, there's all different ways, and you can see how people would sit down and speak up different ways for you to come and have, you know, oh, God, in some type of way, right? But really, when you really look at it, it's just man and the tricks that, you know, that they play, and it's not biblical. It's not supported by God. God is a God of love. Just like I said, you know, Jesus, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, everything that he talked about in trying to uh, deconstruct even the the Jewish synagogue and the way that they were doing things, he came to, like they said, overturn and, and undo all of the usury and all of the, the ways that people have used, you know, um, used yep. other people. 
So this is kind of like just a backup to try to let you see, you know, the different ways that we have inherited certain practices because we believe, okay, this is the way that we've been doing things, tradition, custom has told us to do this, it's okay, but no, it's not okay. No, it's not okay. We should always check our heart, regardless of whether we're a pastor or a member. And I want to say this because Reading, if you continue reading in, in, in uh, Malachi, verse 10, this is how God rewards you. When you pay your tithes and the tithes are done correctly in a right manner, it says this, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. God saying, if you do this, do it the way I told you to do it originally. Taking care of those who need to be taken care of. That's why he says, what do I need a storehouse for? I'm just going to keep it all to myself. Okay? You don't need to do that. He's saying, spread it out. For those who are in need, give it. Okay? He says, and try me in this way now, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out me a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. You're blessed by doing the works of God. This is what Jesus came to do, to debunk all of the misunderstanding of the law. People took the law and they misunderstood it, and they were teaching it the way in which they understood it, which was incorrect. Again, the law is a spiritual thing. You cannot live it. You cannot teach it in the flesh. You have to be spiritually minded. Again, in worship in spirit and in truth. The law is spiritual. Therefore, how do you need to conduct it? through the spirit. Mankind cannot do that. Okay? So, are you guys there with me? Yes. What do you mean by the Lord? Okay. I will keep going. Hopefully you can get our connection back here. Okay? You guys get our launch here for a minute. Pastor, what do you mean by the law is spiritual? The law is spiritual. It is scripture. Literally, I'll, I'll find the scripture for it and I'll send it to you. It literally says the law is a spiritual thing. So, because it is sent from God up above. Okay. Literally, yes. sent from yes. God to Moses. Yes, spiritual. I know that. So, um, I'd come to say this because misunderstanding anything can cause a kingdom to crumble. Wars have been started over lies. Yeah. And when a war starts over a lie, people die. Loved ones die. Because either someone's got a grudge against one another, uh, the story was twisted by the time it got back to the king, and the war starts. Jesus came to dispel all that. He came to correct the law back the way it was originally meant to be. But mankind, we keep putting our stamp on the law the way we want it. And that's not how God wants it. That's not how God wants it. And like I said, if you guys could write this down, if anything, uh, Hebrews chapter 7, try to go over that. 
And then in Matthew, uh, read that scripture. I know we're running a little over, so I want to give you guys another scripture uh, to read. Uh, Galatians chapter 3. That was Hebrews chapter 7, Galatians chapter 3. Yes. And uh, Matthew chapter 23, uh, I'm going to read that right now. There's only a couple verses in and then we'll be done here, guys. Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. It says here, uh, Matthew chapter 23, verse 23 and 24. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anus and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. The line guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. For you cleanse the outside of the dish and in the cup, but inside they are full of extortion and self indulgence. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Keep that in mind. I told you here, you're dealing truth. I know a lot of you believe one thing, and that's okay. If that's what you choose to believe, I can't. I can't. Only God can change your heart. But here we deal in truth, and the truth hurts sometimes. Because none of us want to believe that we're following something for so long and be and be wrong. Wow. Uh, uh, the, the same goes for the leaderships of the churches. They they've been following something so long that they probably know that they're doing it wrong, but they're not going to admit it. That's the pride of man, or mankind, I should say, because there are men and women preachers out there. So um, that's the state of the, the Christian world. That's why I say this is not a take on one specific denomination, people, or person. It's the entire Christian body, because this is the way we operate as a whole, and it's dead wrong. It's against God's law. And a lot of people say, oh, the, the law was fulfilled through Jesus Christ, and it was. We do follow under mercy and grace. But in order to follow under mercy and grace, we have to do what? Love. In order to love, and what does love do? It fulfills the law, so therefore what are you doing? You are still conducting yourselves by the law. Take the law. You no longer are trying to adhere to it. You are being a living example of the law. Mm-hmm. The law is now you. Mm-hmm. You are no longer a student of it, but it has become you, and you are an example to those who are watching you to follow in the statutes of God. This is his grace and mercy. That you no longer have to try to fulfill it. It is fulfilled. Now you just have to walk in it. If Christ builds you a house as he says he's going to do, you don't have to build a house anymore. 
All you gotta do is walk in. That's it. Well, that's it, people. <laughs> Amen. Oh, I wanted to add something. Go ahead. Can you can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, do you guys? Because uh, it wasn't mentioned, so I don't know if you guys believe in um, doing ties off your net and not your growth. Because, I, I mean, I was told that it's robbing God when you do it off of after taxes. So Neither. I just wanted to bring that up because that wasn't mentioned. It's neither. God, uh, um, I don't know if you, you probably uh, didn't hear me earlier. Uh, I don't know if you came in late. Um, we did mention... I didn't mention gross or net earlier, but however, what I did mention is when you earn your earnings, this is God blessing you to take care of what you of your necessities in life. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, and again, the scripture we read, to owe no man anything. That is a scripture. So in order for you to owe no man anything, God has given you a paycheck to pay all of your bills. What is left over is your increase or your abundance that God has, again, blessed you more than what you you needed. He's taking care of your means, and he's giving you abundance to be blessed to take care of others. So, again, $1,000. You get $1,000 on your paycheck. Let's say every paycheck. I'm just giving an example, okay? Your bills come up to $800. You have $200 left over. Now, just a second, guys. He kind of dropped here. Hold on. Did he come back for you, maybe? Okay. He's still frozen. He's still frozen? Yeah. Okay, he's he's trying to dial back in here in just a second. To kind of back up what he's saying is, is that you're, it's about your increase. Um, a lot of people will will uh, have that debate on the net and the growth because, um, you know, it's something that people have brought up before that made, you know, at, at some point, I think it was like around in the 90s when we started hearing that um, in in the churches. Nadine, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, so you started hearing, you know, about people saying, you know, trying to address the the net and the growth, and that wasn't something that was addressed prior. So now we're putting a specific, um, we're also in that now we're trying to put another number on God to say, okay, you need to give. You know, you you know need to give from your growth, you know, rather than from your from your net earnings that you're 
somehow robbing God in that way. You're giving period, point blank. Let's just first of all, I'm giving, I'm giving from my heart. If I have given before in the past and say if I had gave from my, my gross or my net, it doesn't matter either way. If I'm not giving God, giving to God out of my love for God, I don't care if you did give from your gross. God will not receive that offering because he says it's strange fruit because you aren't giving it to me out of love. You're giving it to me out of whatever other reason. So first and foremost, make sure that your heart and your mind is right in your giving. Secondly, like what he was saying is, is that we went over the scriptures earlier um, that he talked about in Deuteronomy where it showed that Abraham had given um, from what was given to him. Remember how it was talked about how uh, Melchizedek had came and he had gave him the bread and the wine. Do you guys remember those scriptures? Mm-hmm. And from that he had gave, given the tithes. So that means that he had gave from the increase. See, Abraham already had been given, if you read the prior scriptures, he was given so much. Now, now he was given an increase. So from that, he gave. So in essence, the example that he was Hello? giving to say that, yes. Sorry, I, I lost my connection. Okay, so let me finish that thought so they don't get confused. Okay. So that's why he's saying is, is that if I was given a check, or, or he also had talked about um, owing no man, right? So if I'm fulfilling what God said when he said, oh, no man, in, in the New Testament, then when I get my check, I need to pay who I owe because it says that I shouldn't owe anybody anything. So I have to do that first. And once I have paid everything that I owe, then what I have left is my increase because all of my, 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 sub, my substance has been provided for. And from that increase, I am giving that tenth from that because then now that's saying I have more than I need because that's when he was talking about or using the reference from the manna because God said don't hold more over to the next day than I have right now. God provides enough for this day. So that's why there's a tithe of that increase or whatever to provide um, uh, for that tithe. So do yes. you? Okay. And, and for me to for me to clarify that, what I was trying to say, I'm sorry, guys, I, I lost my connection here. Um, what I was trying to say is, uh, let's say your 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 bills are nine hundred dollars. So better yet. Let's say your bills are $980. You get a $1,000 paycheck. Now, if you go off your gross or your net, however you want to do it, um, you're saying that you're going to take right off the top. So out of $1,000, you're going to take $100, and you're going to pay your tithe. Your bills are $980, but you only have Nine hundred dollars because you gave a hundred right off the top, so you eighty dollars short of paying your bills. 
that bill can be a light bill, that can be food, your your, uh, your gas, or whatever it is you might need. So you are now short. God does not operate that, that way. God does not put his people in lack. And that's why we read that, that portion of Malachi saying that if you do accordingly to how God has done, he will pour out the blessing to you that you cannot be, be able to contain it. If you follow his statutes accordingly, give truly with your heart, and not allow someone to coast you into giving more than what should be given because you're just trying to get an extra blessing just thinking because you're giving it, but you give with your heart. If all you got is $20 left in your paycheck and you want to give that $20, give it. If you got $200 left and you want to only give $20, that's a tenth of the 200 Give it. Or if you want to give a total 200 give it. But know that God is telling us we should not owe any man. We should pay what is due before we 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 deal with the tithes and offerings? Because he gives like he says. You have a like back in the old days they had livestock, sheep, goats, cattle, whatever, even vegetation. They had you know their crops, but they already had the crop. They already had goats and sheep. They didn't give the increase of what they already had. When the goats and the sheep had babies. That was the increase that they gave for the tithes and offerings. So if you already have a paycheck, and that paycheck went to pay all your bills, what is left over is that baby or that sheep that was born. That's what is given to God. Does that does that help you understand that a little bit better? Yeah. Okay. Like I said, I know some people have their beliefs, and they're going to believe what they want to believe. I can't change your heart. All I can do is give you the scripture how it is actually given to man. Mankind takes it and twists it up to to better themselves and still not help the people with the tithes and offerings. Or or they're trying to fulfill um like like um even what um 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 Conrad was talking about um to, to pay for the building fund you know what I mean, or or things like that. And and definitely you should always, you know, um, take care of God's house. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, if, if you had a situation where, okay, we're trying to raise funds because we want a new, like, like you know how they say, a new annex building, you know, we, we know. We know the whole terminology. If you've been in the church for years, you know what the terminology is. You know, for the new annex or we, you know, they want to, you know, get some new pews up in here or something like that. And sister so-and-so um, has lost her job and she got five kids and she needs her rent paid. That money needs to go to sister such and such. You see what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's about being right all the way across the board. You see what I'm saying? All the way across the board. But for some reason, we have allowed tradition and custom to tell us that we have to conduct things in this way for us to be correct. And even in certain circumstances, when you question it, they'll even tell you, this is just the way we do things. This is just our bylaws. Yeah. Okay? So there is a difference between the bylaws and laws. Every ministry has to, um, um, we know it by, by um, 
um, doing our um, 501c3 and everything, that, that you have to literally submit to the government bylaws of your church. So with those different rules and regulations that the government lays down, people then say, okay, I ha I'm doing this because this is what the government is telling me. You see what I'm saying? So it's all these different things that, that come into play with the way that we kind of conduct business, and most people have gotten away from what God originally said. So I know we don't want to keep beating this horse, right, babe? Right. <laughs> okay. Um, any, but is there any other questions? Because we don't want to leave you in confusion. And if you feel confused and you feel like you need to call me afterwards, please feel free. Again, I don't want any anyone feeling confused. Amen. Okay. Anyone enjoy the the message tonight? <laughs> yes, I did. Information. Okay. Okay, with that, then we'll go ahead and go into prayer. If you had, I'm not sure if you had anything else. No, I'm, I'm that's it. Okay. No. So, um, any prayer requests before, um, before we go into prayer? No, I'm okay. Okay. Um, Melinda had to drop, but she asked for prayer for her sister-in-law and brother. Um, she also had um, asked for prayer for her for another one of her brothers. So it's like two different brothers here, and her and her sister-in-law who has cancer. So um, I'll I'll include them. Um, no other inclusions. I want to also pray for the um, the people that we met um, um, during during the feeding. I want to pray for Lonnie, Chris, and Rachel. Was it Rachel? Right. Um, yeah, Lonnie, Chris, and Rachel, and I, the Hispanic lady. Did you ever get her name? Asia. 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 Trust me. It's an A. It's something A. But that's okay. The Lord will know what's in my heart. Okay. So, Asia, um, anybody else? I want to really uh, pray for my um, girlfriend, Elizabeth. I can't curse his name, but uh, salvation for him. Okay. Okay. So, why don't we do it this way? Um can you pray for the three names, Lonnie, Rachel, Chris, Asia, and then your um and then your and, and then um who you just mentioned, and then yeah. I'll pray for for Melinda, um her two brothers, and her sister in law okay, okay, so I'll let you go ahead and go first. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for um, having us here in this form and this fashion, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you will just seal your word in us, Lord God, and may there be good, uh, fertile um, soil for it to grow and bear fruit, Lord God. Lord God, we come to you lifting up Kurt uh, for salvation, Rachel, for um, continuous deliverance, Lord God, and salvation as well. Larry as well, Lord Jesus, for continuous deliverance, Lord God, and salvation, as well as um, Chris, Lord God, as well, also looking a job as well, Father God, 
And we pray for that other Asian lady, Lord God. Father God, Hispanic lady, Lord God, by the name I think Asia. Lord God, we put them before you, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you will uh, just pour out your overwhelming love, Lord God, and minister to them according to their needs, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that everything around them, Lord God, will start to just draw them closer to you, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord God, that you will disturb their dreams, Lord God, that you will show yourself strong in their hearts, Lord God. We pray, Heavenly Father, Lord God, that you will send help, Lord Jesus, to their homes, Lord Jesus. And we pray, Lord God, that every plot of the enemy will be aborted in the mighty name of Jesus. That we against, Lord God, all, all the destructions, Lord God, all the lies, Lord God. We come against them, Lord God, and we just shoot them, these people, like an arrow into their destiny, Lord God, and we pass them as a nail into their purpose, Lord God. And we declare, Lord God, that salvation will come to their house in the mighty name of Jesus, and that they will know you, Lord God, in a special way, in Jesus' name. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we, we uh, submit unto you, Lord Father, your daughter, Lord God, Melinda, Lord God, and Lord God, her brother and her sister-in-law, Brooke, Lord Father, also her, her younger brother, Alan, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Lord God, we lay, Lord God, each and every situation before you, Lord Father, knowing, Lord God, that you are fully capable and able to do all things, Lord God, and that you are our provider. We pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will provide Brooke, Lord God, with a healing, Lord Father, in her body, Lord Father, for you are a cure of cancer, Lord Father. But Lord God, if we have com- a complete faith in you, Lord Father, that, Lord God, you can deliver us from anything. We pray, Lord Father, that this test in her life, that she is able to pass it. That, Lord God, that with even an inkling of faith, Lord Father, cause this miraculous thing to happen with her, Lord Father, in her life. We pray, Lord God, that even if she has, if you cause her, Lord Father, to go through chemotherapy, Lord God, that she has full strength within her body, Lord Father, to be delivered, Lord Father. I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you would touch their children, Lord Father. Bless, Lord God, to be unity within their family and in her marriage, Lord Father. We pray, Lord God, for their finances, Lord God, for we know that cancer tries to suck out, Lord God, not even only our our life, but it tries to draw out, Lord Father, finance. But we pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, that she is able, that this family is able to bear the infirmity, Lord Father. And, Lord God, even this test and this trial, Lord God, that they will come out as pure gold. We pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus for the mindset of Job for her. The Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that she would know, Lord God, and understand to call out on you, Lord Father. Lord God, that you are able to do anything, Lord God. We pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus for Alan, Lord Father. We pray, Lord God, for salvation within his mind. We pray, Lord God, that for a blood covering over his mind, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, that he would not come out from underneath the fold, that he would not be tossed away by every wind of doctrine. But, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, concentrate his eyes on you, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you would continue to bless him, Lord God, to hear you in his ears, Lord God, and continue to receive your truth, Lord God, and not to believe a lie. I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, if there's anyone, Lord God, that would try to come and dissuade him, to lead him astray, Lord God, then, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, be a revealer in his life, Lord Father, then, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, he would not believe a lie. We pray, Lord God, for each and every person on tonight, Lord God, that the word, Lord Father, that we received on tonight about tithes and offering, Lord God, 
about how, Lord God, we, we would use our finances and be good stewards over them. We pray, Lord God, for a spirit of a good steward. We pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that each and every one of us, Lord God, will be able to grow from, from tonight, Lord God. And, Lord God, that even when we give, Lord Father, that, our, that we would check our heart, we would check our oil, Lord Father, to see where we at we are at, Lord Father, and how we're offering up unto you, Lord God. For all things we do, we do, Lord God, in love of you, Lord Father. We pray, Lord God, that we would not have lack in our homes. That, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, each and every bill is covered. That, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, we would would be blessed, Lord God, to have room for increase, Lord Father. That, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that we would believe upon you, Lord God, that you are able to do all things, Lord God, for us, Lord God, and trust in you and have faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, John. God bless. God bless you guys. Have a blessed night. Good night. Good night.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.